Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the show. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey B. Friends and neighbors, today's episode is our first anniversary episode. <gasps> this episode is releasing exactly one year after the first episode was released. Wow, we. <laughs> so we made it. Made it over. We our made first it. Milestone. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for to those of you who've uh, been here since the beginning and to those of you who just joined us for the first time today. Welcome. And Honeybee, I want to thank you for going on this journey with me. <laughs> we, it was a little over a year ago that we went to see Godzilla vs. Kong at the drive-in and recorded the trailer for this show can't believe that was a year ago yeah that movie's been out a little over a year and uh there's it's been confirmed that godzilla will be in the next movie there was some doubt apparently i guess we're doing kaiju news now (laughs) (laughs) kaiju news i think the deal was legendary had an option for a certain number of films and they had used it up and they had announced that there would be a Kong versus Godzilla sequel, but people were unsure if Godzilla was going to be in it because it appeared from the outside that their license was up. But they have either renewed it or renewed it on a film-by-film basis. I don't know the details, but they have confirmed Godzilla will be in the next film. Yeah! I don't know if that also means he's going to be showing up in the Project Monarch Apple Plus show. But I hope so. He has to. He totally has to. Yeah. But since it's an ongoing show, I think it might be a little bit of a mm. ultra Q situation. It might be a monster yeah. of the week situation. I don't know. We'll find out. But today we are discussing the X from outer space. Yes. Which really sounds like a drama that like my like an ex-boyfriend or something like my ex from outer space <laughs> i was like what is this monster gonna be i wasn't sure what right. kind of monster well, what kind of kaiju we had here like x from outer space like oh shit yeah. sounds I, I like just, a pretty awesome relationship <laughs> they were trying <laughs> they were well i think there are various uh you know earth girls are easy or yeah i, yeah. I married an alien or <laughs> my favorite exactly, martian that's like, there are a number of movies that cover that. The title, I guess, is just trying to keep it mysterious of what uh-huh. the thing is. This is not a Toho movie, and uh, it shows, I feel. Yeah, and it is apparent. 
It's made by Shochiku, the Shochiku Company Limited, which, depending on how you look at it, is the oldest movie company in Japan. Oh, okay. But the they just oldest... didn't do kaiju movies very often, or what? No, I don't. I don't think they do. So there's some other company that has been making movies longer, but Shojiku existed as a kabuki theater production company before it was mm-hmm. a movie company. So it ex- has oh. existed as a company longer than any movie company. But okay. some other company has actually made movies a little bit longer than them. I don't remember mm-hmm. which company it was. <laughs> so, yeah, they used to do kabuki theater. And then they moved into films and, I guess, converted their kabuki theaters into movie theaters. There you go. Honeybee, what did you think of this movie? Well, (laughs) there's so much I think about this movie. First of all, I just want to say the love triangle situation in this movie. (laughs) I really wanted it to go so many different ways than the way that it went. In the few notes I made, I wrote love triangle to nowhere. (laughs) I just like, there's this one point, which we'll get there, but where I just like wanted these two women to like ditch this dude and just be together. (laughs) And then there was Uh, another point where I was like, why is this our first like thruple? Like, can we have like a, like a thruple or like a poly couple? No, it's still 1967. (laughs) Yes. But, 66. yeah, um, okay, 66. Oh, no, no, yes. you're right. It is 67. We have moved forward. Is it? Okay, I thought so. I just but, um, the, also the suit, the quality of the suit in this movie yeah. is, like, really good in comparison to some that we've seen, but oh, you think? the monster itself is, like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, it's, anyways, so they're, like, things in the movie that really stood out to me um and like the music the music of this movie is so fun and like catchy and crazy but it is never appropriate for the scene (laughs) well the music is by taco azumi but i guess he didn't edit the music i don't know i don't know how he went about scoring it if he chose what, I, where, or not. <laughs> I don't know either, but there are so many things, like times in the movie where the situation maybe was supposed to be one emotion or something, and then the music would come on, and it'd just be so adorable and fun, and like, wee! And I'm like, wow, okay. It was very distracting, but I, lo- I loved the music. It was just... For the tone of the like the scenes, it was super off. And maybe that's just me. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know how you felt about it, but it was uh, something. Also, man, it's just such a... I feel like it's a Godzilla movie. Or, like, it's definitely a ripoff. It's a giant Godzilla with a chicken head, if anyone doesn't know. Like... <laughs> It's a giant robot Godzilla chicken. I don't know what the the head is. Maybe if Godzilla and Daimajin had a baby, because it has like that samurai shaped head in the back. I I would have called it a a saucer head. 
a saucer head. Or a, it's kind of also a little bit of a ravioli head to go with yeah. the ravioli flying saucer that it comes from. Yeah, it's super weird and zany and goofy and just there's a lot going on in this movie that's kind of just you know it's one of those like what the fuck but it's also not the worst movie we've ever seen and there (laughs) were some entertaining parts and uh yeah so i mean the movie as you said was from 1967 it's in color 89 minutes directed by kazooie Nihonmatsu, and the monster is Gilala. Gilala! The Japanese title is Ucho Daikaiju Girara, giant space monster Gilala. So the Japanese weren't trying to hide who the monster was. It was the Americans that chose this uh, mysterious title. Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the X from outer space doesn't even tell us that it's a kaiju. It, it it could be anything. Mm-hmm. He is 60 meters tall, we are told. And apparently there was a public contest to name the monster. And that's <laughs> what they came up with. Gilala. Kaiju Gilala. And there is some kind of a sequel or remake or reboot called Monster X Strikes Back Attack at the G8 Summit that came out in 2008. What? Yep. It doesn't appear to currently be available anywhere other than just straight up buying a dvd but it's not on our list and i'm going to add it to the list boom baby we'll review that when we get to 2008 i did not care for gilala at all i did something (laughs) something in the way he moves (laughs) i found very annoying it just it did not look he just looked crappy uh, I guess the suit itself was okay. Yeah, he's got a very yeah, weirdly suit, shaped this, head. The suit's great. Yeah. But I guess I got to blame the guy playing him, uh, Yuichi Okada, <laughs> who was the suit actor. I just didn't like the way he moved. I didn't. And, and that kind of just ruined everything for me, I think. Damn. And speaking of actors, we have Toshia Wazaki as Captain K. Sano, Itoko Harada as Machiko Taki. Sinichi Yanagisawa as H. Miyamoto, Iji Okada as Dr. Kato, Peggy Neal as Lisa Schneider. Is it Lisa? I thought it was Lucy. Uh, no, I think it's Lisa. It's what it says here, and that's how I remember it. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Oh. Her Japanese voice was by Reiko, Reiko Muto. I really loved that she had a Japanese voice. I love that she <laughs> spoke Japanese. Yeah. Movie, I, I, I appreciated that. Oh, yeah. She was obviously dubbed, but I appreciated yeah, yeah. it. Franz Gruber it as Dr. Berman, and his Japanese voice was Tamio Oki. Mike Danin as Dr. Stein, voiced by Teiji Omiya. Kasuki Sony as Dr. M. Shioda. Torahiko Hamada as Mr. Kimura. Hiroshi Fujikoa as uh, Fujikoa, Fujio, Fujioka, <laughs> sorry, as Moonbase Worker. I think there's probably some <laughs> other Moonbase Workers that are not listed. Uh, yeah, this is like a, I mean, they're all, I guess all of them could be called science fiction movies, but this one's uh, more science fiction than some others in that there's a lot of spaceships and there's a moon base and they're mm-hmm. trying to get to Mars. Mm-hmm. 
So it appears to be set in the future where we go back and forth to the moon pretty easily, even though we wouldn't really land on the moon until the year after this came out. Oh, and the body count is 302. Damn. Including the monster. So there you go. Let's, uh, I guess, get into the plot here. Well, get into it. The spaceship AAB Gamma, which stands for Atomic Astro Boat Gamma, is dispatched from Japan to the planet Mars to investigate reports of UFOs seen near the Red Planet. No, that's not correct. They're just trying to go to Mars, and all the previous missions have apparently been destroyed by UFOs. They mentioned that there's been missions before this one that didn't make it. And, uh, yeah, because they keep running into something, but they don't know what. Uh, when the spaceship arrives and encounters one of the UFOs, which suddenly sprays the AAB Gamma with spores. Well, but first they stop at the moon. Mm-hmm. There's a whole thing. Well, okay, I I wrote... Um, <laughs> so there, there's, there's Lisa... Sano and who's the other astronaut? Miyamoto? 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 Yeah, Miyamoto. And Dr. Kato. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see them being given their mission and getting on the ship. And Miyamoto is our wisecracking dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. There's always one, you know? Yep. Who hits on Lisa pretty hard, but she's not having it. And I wrote, Lisa, lady scientist or stewardess? Oh, she I thought she, she was I, she was She's supposed to be. She, she is okay. supposed to be a lady scientist. She's like a biologist of some sort. But on their trip she is always serving drinks and food and stuff to everybody else. And I'm like, let them get <laughs> oh, their own I damn food. Okay, yeah, they treated her yeah, no, her actual function on board the ship seemed to be more like a stewardess. Yeah. I don't get to see her doing a whole lot of biology. <laughs> When they get to the moon base, uh, well, before we get to the moon base, they're talking to them. And there's this uh, other lady there. Uh, what was her name? Uh, the other lady is me, uh, Michiko, Michiki, me, me, man, oh, I can oh. write it down. <laughs> that must be uh, Michiko Taki. Michiko, Michiko, that's it. Michiko, Michiko Taki. Yes, she's working on... The moon base answering the phones. So I guess she's just a secretary. And it seems like there's something going on with her and Sano, and they've mm-hmm. had some kind of falling out, or she's mad at him. I think it's this typical, he doesn't understand that she's angry. Yeah, this is why you don't fuck people you work with. Don't shit where you sleep. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably just hasn't called. And because he's been in space. (laughs) Yeah, she's been in space, but he hasn't called and she's upset about it. But he doesn't get that she's upset. Uh, But there's a lot of tension between them when he arrives. And I think there's even a little like, oh, hey, and she kind of snubs him. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it's all it might also be that like he's trying to be professional and is going too far in that he's appearing cold and like he doesn't care. I, I don't know. I don't know what all the fuss about this guy is. He seems kind of dull to me bland yeah just very bland like blah the only like thing about him that's like eh, is like he's the captain but that's it there's nothing else about him that's like attractive i guess or like whatever i mean the other guy was annoying but he was had a personality of some kind (laughs) he needed to dial it down a little and the other guy needed to dial it up (laughs) 
yeah in the middle somewhere so they go to the moon to i guess you know before we go to mars we got to go to the moon oh this is the thing that bugged me there's this chart thing built into the wall of the headquarters yeah these with like an earth and the moon and mars and these little tracks and there's a little light that will show where the spaceship is on its journey and this is a static thing built into the wall and i'm like this isn't going to be at all accurate to where their position is because they're acting like it's a a map of a piece of land or something but earth and the moon and the mars are all moving all the time earth and the moon and the mars the 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 route you're gonna have to take to get from earth to the moon or from the moon to mars is going to be different depending on what time it is what day it is. well and also at one point when they're kind of stepped away from this wall you can see the lights when they're you know there are lights that like like you said it lights up where they are but there's one point where they step away from it and you can see where the little lights are and they're like in set places, you know what I mean? So mm, it's obviously yeah. very, it's not very well done. Yeah, it, well, it's just done as if it's a static track that they will mm-hmm. follow this exact route no matter where, when they're going. And uh, no, it's going to change too much for you to build a physical model of this. Mm-hmm. So I just I did like this. I, I, the, this part or this thing in the movie was better than for me than when they have that map and they have like the little tiny kaiju, you know, that they're moving around like, (laughs) okay, he's been to this spot. And then they like move Uh the the, like dinosaur to like the next part of whatever it is to the next spot. And it's like, yeah, like um, one of those like felt calendars that you give a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant like the military map when they push around the models and we've seen a few where they'll they'll have a little model of the monster <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that the... but it's on the wall and on so the, the mon- okay. it's like a he's the monster is like i don't know if he's sticky or if it's a magnet or what but they just like they're like okay he moved here he attacked here and they like move the monster and then put a big red like fireball right. over wherever he was or whatever i didn't take a lot of notes but i just wrote down some of the you know the key things that always happen mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I did write down map work i wrote slide presentation panic yes. in the streets map yep. work meeting and power lines yay <laughs> yeah so once they leave the moon they're heading to mars and they run into the the ravioli ufo which suddenly sprays <laughs> the aab gamma with spores uh, oh, but they fi- the but the doctor gets sick on the moon and they have to leave him behind and take another doctor with them. Yeah, the German doctor, um, Doctor Stein, mm-hmm. and uh, he is, he doesn't want to go at all. Yeah, he just complains. That's literally yes. all he does about everything. And I think he commits mutiny at one point. <laughs> but they quick they very quickly get over it. The next scene, they're just like, "All right, do this, do that." Never mind that you just tried to take over the ship a minute ago. <laughs> so anyway, this UFO sprays the ship with spores and a sample of the spores is returned to Earth where one of them begins to develop. The spore is accidentally exposed to acid and grows into a giant lizard-like creature that is named Gilala for no particular reason. 
Yeah, it really is for no particular reason. And why, I wonder why, does Gilala mean something or, like, I, it's just so random. I didn't see anything about it having a specific meaning, so I'm going to say no. It's hilarious. It's Gilala. It, I was just like, okay, all right. It's choices. Oh, and what's her name? Does she come back with them or on a different ship? She comes back. It's really strange that they do this, but they're going to send a rescue mission with fuel. And for whatever fucking reason, they send Machiko. Which is yeah. so strange because, like you said, she's only before that answering phones and shit. Like answering the radio and whatnot. Right. Like you said, a secretary or what have you. Yeah. I guess even to get a job on the moon base, though, you're going to have to have a certain level of training. Sure. Totally. So. But they did send. Um, so so basically they told her that they were going to have to send a ship uh, so that. But he's like, I won't have anyone else sacrificed. And she's like, oh, no. Sano sacrificed. I'll go and take the fuel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Takes it That's herself. Right. Yeah. The, she's got to take him a can of gas. And somewhere in here is where the other doctor has it fit. And I think he tries to speed up the ship, but that's going to make them lose fuel faster. I don't remember. I should have written this crap down. I was just well, so this whole the, movie annoying. The, they, so, yeah, they actually couldn't speed up the ship for whatever reason, whatever. They, they couldn't accelerate. That was part of their problem was that yeah. they were under some sort oh, of that's weird right. force. They couldn't. So they had gotten knocked off. Yeah. Of the UFO course. was. Mm hmm. The UFO yeah. is uh, kind of freezing them in place. It's never right. really explained. It is never explained what this UFO is. Is somebody yeah, never. Pi is somebody piloting it, or is this just part of Gilala's reproductive cycle? <laughs> that at some point a ravioli sprays spores onto <laughs> passing spaceships, just as part of the reproductive. <laughs> So anyway, she ends up back on Earth so that she can run around and be jeopardized by the monster with everybody else. Mm -hmm. I like Gilala continues to feed on any kind of energy source and grows bigger and more powerful. So, yeah, they, they put the spore. It's kind of just a spherical egg thing. They put mm -hmm. it in a container in the headquarters and then it starts growing and burns through the floor like uh, alien only. 20 years or so before before alien did that and like gets into the sewers or something and yeah it starts getting bigger and uh, begins a reign of destruction through tokyo it spits fireballs feeds on nuclear fuel turns into a flaming orb to travel great distances by air in mere minutes and destroys all aircraft and tanks in its path I, i'm reading the wikipedia summary by the way folks in case you didn't realize Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> Gilala is finally defeated by fighter jets laden with bombs, which coat it in a substance called Gilalalium. Gilalium? Gilalalium? Gilalanium. Uh, where did they get this crap? Did it also come from space? It, yeah, it came from space. Well, so they hey. basically, they get a sample of the shit that the ravioli sprayed on them. And then they get yeah. a sample of what Gilala sprays on the city. And they're like, hey, it's the same shit. 
And somehow this is going to prevent him from absorbing energy. If they can coat him in this, he can't absorb energy. So I think they s synthesize a whole bunch of it real quickly. Something like that was really terrible, too, about Gilala is that his mouth was not in sync with his sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes it'd be like, and it'd be like his mouth would be closed and then his mouth would open and nothing would happen. You know what I mean? There right. was a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I also wrote, uh, American doesn't want to drop another A-bomb on Japan, which is yeah. nice. when they're deciding what to do about it. The American's like, oh, we don't really want to do that, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the bosses is an American. Is that uh, Dr. Berman? I think doc Dr. Stein was the one on the moon. Yeah, Stein Dr. is Berman. the one who complains about his wife yeah. and chin. And like Dr. Complaint. Berman is just like goatee suit guy. Yeah, he kind of... Uh, yeah, he's an older boss guy. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, a, a daddy, I think, or a zaddy, I believe the kids zaddy. call him. Zaddy, yep. I think, he might, totally. I think he might be a zaddy. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he's a little. So this, uh, so when they they spray him with the stuff, this causes Gilala to shrink down to its original spore form. Yeah, but uh, we got to go oh, back. First, a first we get a whole, but yeah, we get a whole thing with the our heroes getting some of them getting trapped in a collapsing building. Getting uh, yeah, well, under. even before that though, we have a shower scene with our two leading ladies. That's right. <laughs> it's like sort of a locker our room ladies. kind of thing. Yeah, but they're, like, in showers. Like, they're both in showers. There's a wall separating them, but they can see over it, kind of like a bathroom yeah. stall sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, they're both talking about how they're going to follow, you know, Sano into wherever. Like, they both basically are in love with the same guy, and you kind of yeah. realize it in this moment while they're in the shower talking about it. And I was like, fuck it. Like, hello, what? What? No. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, well, and Lisa's said <laughs> you wanted to see the scene go in another direction. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that I didn't want that, but I'm also saying like it just doesn't make really make sense. I guess right. that they well, were both Lisa like, so. Was, it was very clear that Machiko and Sano had used to have something, or were in the middle of something. But yeah. Lisa, it's a little less clear until later because she's being very casually, well, she's being very friendly to Machiko. And she's also like, oh, yeah, I'd follow, I'd follow Sano anywhere. He's great. But she's kind of trying to act like it's just a professional thing. I didn't get that at all. I was like, I was like, oh, no, she's like. Well, I totally thought they were different. being, I thought they were being a little unclear. Oh. I thought they were trying to play. Oh, no, Lisa's just professional, but Machiko is going to be jealous. A little hussy. But she knows, oh, I shouldn't be jealous. She's just his work colleague. But then it turns out, no, Lisa does really, they explicitly state later at the yeah. end that Lisa does have feelings for him. Yeah, I, I felt like I kind of, I, I felt like it was clearer than you did, I think, about the Lisa thing. And the shower scene were, is what really right. gave that to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, not nobody will come right out and say anything. Mm -hmm. Even the the you know Sanyo and and uh, Michiko won't say anything directly to each other or to anybody else. But it's clear that there's some shit going on between them. Yeah. But yeah, then we get uh, during the rampage, one of them gets caught under a beam, or do they both at some point? No, it's it's Lisa. Lisa gets Lisa caught. gets her leg trapped. 
and everybody goes in there and tries to help her get out. Yeah, uh, a few, like it, it's like one person tries and can't get it, and then like a few people try, and then like more people just like, oh, like they need help or whatever. But let me tell you, this scene is so weird because of the dub. Like it's just like. <laughs> Okay, so she's trapped under this thing, this beam or this whatever. And so mm. she's like crying and kind of screaming like out in pain, but it's dubbed. So it just kind of sounds a little porny. <laughs> because it's just a sound. Anyways, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, what the hell? All right. Uh, well, your your mind was elsewhere during this whole movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I just saying I, if you're I wearing played, headphones, I, I did not recall you. thinking that during that scene, but okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Machiko tries to help her. The other uh, Dr. Berman tries to help her. Uh, I think uh, Miyamoto and Sanyo both end up there. Everybody's trying to shove things to get leverage, you know, using other bits of debris to get the right leverage to get this thing off of her. And she eventually gets pulled out, but yeah, they spray it down with the nonsensium and it, it just makes (laughs) it, it. All of this mass that came out of nowhere suddenly goes back to nowhere and it just shrinks down into a little spore that they pick up and put in the glass container that some, suddenly somebody just pulls out of their butt yeah, the very specific container that they had it in before, they yeah, pull like, out give another me the one. Container, like wait, yeah. where? What container? It was like a cartoon. He just reached behind his back and whoop, there it is. <laughs> and uh, they put it in there, and it's filled with galalium to render it permanently harmless. The government promptly launches it back into space, where it will orbit the sun in a nigh inescapable heliocentric orbit for the foreseeable future. Or until 2008 when they make a sequel. Right. And we get this little speech here about how he can't be destroyed on Earth. And as soon as he, like, sheds all of this nonsensium, basically, that he could be just as big and even stronger. But they never say really why or anything. It's just kind of this speech of, like, well, we can't, he can't, we have basically, like, we're going to send him into space. Yeah. For this reason. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't try a couple of options to destroy him, because it does seem like, mm-hmm. well, haven't they watched Gamera? You can't just launch the monster <laughs> into space and assume that he'll stay in space, you fool. Yeah, and then we have this moment where the guy's like, why don't you go and tell Santa how you feel? And she's like, well, Gilala taught me something, that there's already someone who loves him, blah, blah, blah. And I just hear Hamilton, like, satisfied in the background. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I've seen it, but I don't, I don't remember that song. Well, there's this song. It's it's called Satisfied, and it's basically like how she's in love with Hamilton, but her little sister marries Hamilton, and how she's yeah, like, yeah. Well, like at least I always get to see him, and la 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 la, like whatever. <laughs> Just this sad moment where she's like basically sacrificing her own feelings for. Mm her friend who she really cares about right that she's actually in love with her they'll they'll figure it out <laughs> they'll figure it out sometimes uh, you have to overcorrect pretty hard i hear i mean to find the balance ni- <laughs> it's 1967 so 
they could go either way. <laughs> they could yeah. just keep it all in their pants or they could get into some wild hippie thing. You just, it's 1967. Anything might happen. <laughs> but it will happen off screen because it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> wah, wah. Um, I guess uh, she's not interested in Dr. Berman as a consolation prize. <laughs> I mean, he didn't indicate that he was interested, but it's just like, hey, you know, he's not a bad looking guy. <laughs> At least he's got a personality. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So, wah, wah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. The <laughs> I thought that the little monsters <laughs> antennae, whatever those were, uh -huh. were yeah. were hilarious <laughs> yeah. and then whenever oh. he shot like fireballs out of his mouth and his little like head his little ravioli head like flexed down a little bit as he shot fireballs mm -hmm. hilarious it was so funny not supposed to be but yeah i yeah i did not uh care for his design at all i found him uh ugly to look at yeah, his eyes look like kind of like brake lights, but they were supposed to be like fly eyes. Yes. Uh, oh, here's a here's a nice little quote <laughs> on the Wikipedia. Film historian Chuck Stevens describes the film as having a well-deserved reputation as one of the silliest and, as a consequence, most beloved rubber suit monster movies ever made. Yeah, it definitely is silly. And the music just doesn't help. Man, the music is so it, it, silly. The next line describes it as cheesy, rich in comic non sequiturs and scored with an unpredictable mishmash of 1960s <laughs> pop and bossa nova. Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, X fits comfortably into one's stoned best bad movie rental evening. <laughs> Heck yeah. You. Author and film critic Glenn Erickson characterized the film as simply terrible. <laughs> Describing the monster as a preposterous concoction being a 20-story chicken with a head <laughs> shaped like a jet plane. <laughs> yeah, it, apparently he had chicken feet. Like it shows at one point in the movie like a chicken footprint and everyone's like, oh, it's this giant chicken. But then when it shows his feet, they are not chicken feet at they all. Match. They are pretty Godzilla-y feet. Like, uh, they do looks, not look I'm like chicken a, feet. I'm looking at a picture. He does have three toes, but they don't quite look like <laughs> chicken toes. Yeah, it did uh, not. The, the, I, the, the footprint didn't match. Yeah. I'm trying to see. I don't know that this company did any other kaiju movies yeah i'm not seeing any any <laughs> i've seen a couple of other sort of science fictiony movies but nothing else that's really a kaiju movie so <laughs> i think maybe when they got done with this they were like yeah let's let's not do that again oh except for the uh the sequel in the 2008 movie is apparently by this same company okay that's cool Cause, cause they're like, let's them. give it another shot. And yeah. we're probably again like, oh, nope. <laughs> yeah, for like 40 years later. So there you go, folks. Uh, there you go. How there many stars, Precious? Two. Same. <laughs> two. Did not care for it. I would say 2.5 just because I maybe liked it a little more than you did. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think yeah. I hated it as much as you did. Uh, so, yeah, that that's <laughs> our movie for our first anniversary. Well, 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 I mean, our first movie, if I'm being completely honest, which if you don't know, was King Kong in 1933. And I kind of felt the exact same fucking way. Like, I was like, oh, bummer. <laughs> What a bummer that our first episode, I even remember you saying something like, well, I don't just want to shit on the movie the whole time, but it's kind <laughs> of a shit movie. Honestly, the first King Kong is not very well, great. It has, it has, I mean, it's great in some ways, but it has problems. <laughs> it's it has great issues. in the, in the ways that maybe it's like paved some like things for other movies. Sure. But yeah. the movie itself is a little, it is very much a, a product of its time with the uh, racism and the sexism and yeah, uh, yeah. and I awful. do feel like we've been moving backwards or at least have stagnated with the sexism in these movies I don't think Lisa and Machiko you know were great feminist icons or anything they just seem to be there to simp for Sanyo <laughs> and to be uh victims. So, yeah, cuz well, yeah, we were we were kind of moving forward in the post-war era, but now there's been kind of a steady decline, backlash, backsliding. Yeah. History is doomed to repeat itself if we don't fucking <laughs> learn from it. So <laughs> So there you go, folks. The X from Outer Space. You can watch it if you're so inclined on HBO Max. But you don't have to because we already did. And yeah. yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we will be taking a look at the King Kong show. A cartoon show. We're not going to do every cartoon show that comes along. But since, you know, we started with King Kong feels important yeah we're gonna cover pretty much every version of king kong that comes along so i believe it's also 1967 you can see that on youtube in not very high quality but that's really your only <laughs> option right now and we're possibly going to be finally launching that patreon soon and there will be some bonus episodes on there that will start off as Patreon exclusives, and then we may release them generally a few months later. We'll see. So, Honeybee, thank you once again for going on this journey with me. Yeah, thanks for taking me on this journey, because I really was not interested in or had any like eyes for big monster movies and such. So, And now I consider myself like a true fan, and I have fallen in love with it slowly but surely <laughs> over the um over the decades that we've like looked at and uh yeah I I love it I love it so much and I see it um everywhere now you know everywhere I see <laughs> how much of an impact that this genre has really made not only in movies or cartoons but just like you know out in the world and so it's great I love it I'm really I'm happy to be here with you there's like two different ad campaigns going on right now that have kaiju in them. Oh yeah. The uh the Mir Miro, is that what it is? The one about uh, sort of doing uh, it's a thing to do meetings and brainstorming online. Oh cute. They're brainstorming how to fight the monster that appears. Wow. And the other one is a couple of I think it's Claritin, it's some allergy thing where the allergy is being represented as a monster that's tearing everything up. 
giant monster. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, this stuff is everywhere. Well, I'm so glad that you are enjoying it. Really, folks, the, uh, we just wanted to do a podcast together and we needed a topic rather than just trying to talk about nothing every week. <laughs> and this is what I thought would make a good topic. There's plenty of material. We've only scratched the surface. We have quite a ways to go. And hopefully they'll keep putting out new kaiju movies so that there will always be something else for us to talk about. <laughs> if somehow we run out, there's plenty of other kinds of monster movies. We can shift gears and not have to change the name of the show. <laughs> Hell yeah. But thank you for joining us, friends and neighbors. Please follow us on the socials where we are doing a contest right now, a giveaway. Not a contest exactly, more of a drawing. Follow us on Twitter at funtime <laughs> underscore go or just find the link at our anchor page there's a posted tweet there if you like it and if you follow us and you retweet it then you'll be entered in for a chance to win eight kaiju movies eight including eight Damn. two two different sets that are total eight movies including all the legendary godzilla and kong stuff so yeah. retweet that stuff follow us and retweet it and all of that and once we hit 616 members, because our birthday for the show is 616, 616 followers, we will give those movies away. Yay! Uh, but for now, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey B. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please do not misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Ooh. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Fun time go!